0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Koop, senior pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. One of the reasons we got inspired to do this series was we live in a world that is always telling us to get balanced, how to have a balanced life, balance your career, balance your exercise, balance your family, balance your diet, balance this, balance that. And you get 12 balls in the air and you've got to balance the whole thing. And when you do get something balanced, it's for a moment because balance is static. It's kind of like riding a bicycle. To balance it when you're standing is pretty difficult, but if you're in motion and have rhythm, it's much easier to have balance. So a lot of times when we talk about balance, I really think we're talking about rhythm. We need a rhythm in our life. You were created for rhythm. God's a God of order, of rhythm. He created the universe in rhythm. There's cycles in our solar system. There's cycles in our week. There's cycle on our calendar. And if we get our life in rhythm with God, our life is gonna be an abundant life. If you try to live your life out of rhythm, it's going to be miserable. It's going to be nasty. But get your life in sync with God. Harmonize with Him and His patterns. And also will find, man, I've got energy left over. I've got time to do what I need to do. The stress is gone. I have a greater peace in my life because I'm in rhythm with God. Most things are designed to be in rhythm. Your car works better when it's in rhythm. Your phone works better when it's in rhythm because you have to charge it and sync it and and we work better when we're charged by God, in sync with God. Our life has a rhythm and a peace. Jesus, didn't he say that I came to give you life and a life more abundantly? Didn't he say my yoke is easy, my burden is light? You know, why are so many Christians stressed out and anxious like the rest of the world is? Do you know today that the number one thing Canadians come for a prescription at a doctor for is for depression, anxiety? That's our number one thing. So obviously this applies to us as Canadians and we can get some rhythm in our life. So this is the last one in a series on it. It's called Pace Yourself. And it's up to you to get yourself in in a pace. When you're a kid, your teachers will help you with that. Your parents will help you with that. But as an adult, this is primarily an adult crowd this morning... It's up to us individually to get ourselves in a rhythm, to get pace in our life. If we get that pace in our life, we'll find that the rhythm is there as well. It, and it takes some decisions to make that pace happen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.24, it's there in your notes, Remember that in, every, in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. Then he's talking to us individually here. You also must run in such a way that you will win. Now, if you race at all, if you do any type of foot racing or marathons or even run the mile, you understand that there has to be a certain pace you have to set for yourself. If you want to run a marathon, they know that you have to set the pace. If you start off too fast and feel, man, I feel great, you're not going to finish. You're not going to have the strength to compete and finish. A few weeks ago, we had the Sun Run go by here, and we were watching these waves as runners go by and I, I forget who it was, I was having a conversation with people as they were running by, and we are just watching the people, and we, and we, as they went by, we thought, that guy ain't going to make it, she ain't going to make it. I mean, this they're just out of the chute, and they're blasting down the street, and there's just no way they're going to do a 10K run at that pace. I, I mean, if they were a lean... You know, a person from Tanzania, you know, an African that is an expert runner, we would get it. But this this was not the case. Uh, And so, you know, they're not going to make it. But they chose the pace. And in our lives, we choose the pace that we want to run at. And Paul is encouraging here to set the pace, run in such a way that you will win. I read an interesting book. Somebody from the church gave me a while back called The Ultra Marathon Man. And it, it's a good read. It's not a Christian book, but it was a good read. It really inspired me to push harder in life and to that I could do more. I'm not going to enter a marathon. I have no desire to be an ultra-marathon runner. But I took principles from it and learned, you know what, I, could, I can do more than what I'm doing if I just learn to get into a rhythm. And this guy is an amazing runner. I've, I've never heard of anything like it. I didn't know there was such a thing as ultra-marathon runners. I knew marathon runners. But for an example, one of the things that he did is... He ran 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states. And usually they say when you run one marathon, you need like a month to recover or something. But he was running 50 in 50 days in 50 states. So all the travel time, everything included, every marathon was monitored and measured. And he completed all those marathons. And, he's, and, he, and he was still healthy. And uh, he's, he's done a lot of 100-mile runs, 150-mile runs, The longest run he did continuously was 300 miles, nonstop, 300 miles, running through the night, next day, running through again. I think, okay, I want to read this. Like, what is this guy doing? But, you know, one of his keys is he had a rhythm, a rhythm to how he ran, a rhythm to how far he even lifted up his feet, a rhythm to how he ate when he ran. There was a rhythm to his life. And once he was in that rhythm, he found that he had energy and strength. He would push through certain hard times with that rhythm in his life. Now, I don't know what your race is like. We're not necessarily running an ultra marathon in life, but we are running a marathon. It's not a 100-yard dash, and if we can pace ourselves and get into a rhythm, we can have and enjoy the abundant life Christ promised to us. We don't need more time. Everybody gets the same amount of time. You got up this morning. You were dealt 24 hours. I was dealt 24 hours. How you spend that time is up to you, but we all got the same amount of time. The one thing that we can adjust is our energy. If you've got more energy, you can make more use of your time. Energy spiritually, energy physically, emotional energy—those are all keys to really making the most of the life that we have. Rhythm is a key to your energy. Rhythm and energy really are related. Um, If you get something in rhythm, there's a certain energy that goes with it. Manly, you you over there—you had this device. What was it that you—a gyroscope on the hand, or what was it called? Powerball. I'd never seen those before. And so, and it's, it's this little, it looks like a softball sort of thing, and you, and you, but if you can get that thing in rhythm, that little gyroscope starts going, and, but if it's not in rhythm, it doesn't work. But if it's in rhythm, that gyroscope, there's a lot of energy that comes off that thing. But if it's not in rhythm, there's no energy. But if you get that gyroscope going, and it gives your arm a workout, that thing. But it was designed, energy and rhythm are related. Same thing in your life. Rhythm is going to give her ...deliver energy into your life. Procrastination is a thief of your rhythm. It will steal your rhythm. And if you get past certain things you've been procrastinating on, you're going to find rhythm will come back into your life. I don't know what you're procrastinating on this morning, but chances are we all have something on the procrastination list... In 2001, we did a survey of our church, and we said, what are we procrastinating on here? So people pulled out the response card, and they wrote down what they're procrastinating on. Anybody want to guess what was the number one thing that we procrastinated on here in 2001 at Coastal Church? Exercise. I heard somebody whisper it out there. You're right. Exercise was number one. We were procrastinating on exercise. I don't know if anybody else is procrastinating on exercise here this morning besides me, but that is, it's easy to procrastinate on that. Prayer was number two. Number three was housekeeping. <laughs> A few chuckles out there this morning. Housekeeping. Number four was organizing. Five was read the Bible. Six was returning phone calls and emails. Seven, we put down maintain relationships. Eight was self-improvement and taking lessons. Number nine was time with fa- family. And number 10 was house repairs or car maintenance, procrastinating car maintenance. I won't ask for a show of hands when was the last time you changed your oil, but that might be the case for your car. You procrastinate on it. So we procrastinate on stuff in life. When we procrastinate on something, it throws the rhythm or sink out of our life. And as a result of it, we lose the rhythm, we lose the energy that we need. Look at Philippians 4 verse 9, it's there in your notes. Paul writes this, The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. I underline these do, and the peace of God will be with you, because the peace of God follows the doing. The peace of God follows the doing. If we're not doing it, if we're procrastinating on something, the peace of God is not going to be there. And often people come up and say, you know, can you just pray? I need the peace of God. You know, we can pray and that's a part of it, but that's not the only part. We can't just say one magic prayer and instantly there's peace in your life. There's some things you have to do if you want peace in your life. And so Paul said, do these things and the peace of God will follow And often we're procrastinating on items that are hindering us from having the peace. Augustine said, God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but he's not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. Remember earlier in the series we talked about chronos time and kairos time. Chronos is calendar, month, year, so forth. Kairos are divine moments, divine opportunities. And I believe as we get in sync with God's calendar, get in sync with God, know the seasons, know the times... Those Kairos moments, those opportunities come to us. We're all, there are always opportunities, especially if we're in rhythm, if we're in sync with God, we'll see those opportunities. And we won't be, oh, man, I missed it. Oh, man, I missed it. Getting your life in rhythm, in sync with God, opens up those opportunities. When we procrastinate, we waste time. We miss opportunities. We increase the stress in our life, which increases the anxiety in our life, which ultimately leads to Depression. But getting in sync is a great remedy to heaviness, anxiety, depression. Proverbs 26, 13, it's there in your notes. The lazy person is full of excuses saying, I can't go outside because there might be a line on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a line out there. What is that? That's just a lame excuse not to go out there and get to work. Proverbs has a lot to say about the sluggard and the lazy one. And they're not enjoying life and the abundance of life because they've been procrastinating. Excuses will always undermine people's confidence in you. When you make an excuse, especially a number of excuses, you go to work, oh, I was late, oh, the bus happened this, or that happened, and what happens? That employer loses confidence in you. But worse than that, you lose confidence in yourself. Subconsciously, you start to lose confidence in yourself. Why do we procrastinate? Here's a review of a few reasons why we do. One, pain. We procrastinate because we don't like the job. We don't like the task. That's why a lot of times we procrastinate on exercise. I really don't want to go to the gym because it hurts when I go to the gym. I'd rather not hurt, so I'm going to stay away from the gym. Or we procrastinate on a social event or some other event because of pain. Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, If you are too lazy to plow in the right season, you'll have no food at the harvest. Can you see rhythm in that verse? If you're too lazy in this season, you're not going to have a harvest in the next season. If you're procrastinating on something today, you will not have the harvest in the next season. You have another season of life coming. There's another season coming. What are the things that you're procrastinating on today that need to get done? That's what God's asking you. It's different for all of us. Because if you procrastinate on that today, there's no harvest in the next season. As urbanites, we don't, live in seasons like the rural people do, like the farmer does, or even like the fisherman does. We, we live in a season. We don't really have seasons. We just go full blast all the time. We, even night and day is kind of eroding because we turn the lights on 24-7. We work at our computers 24-7. We can go 24-7. We weren't built that way. We're not designed to live that way. The enemy will steal the very life out of us unless we pull back and say, wait a minute, God designed me to be in a rhythm. I'm designed to have six days of work, one day off. I'm designed to go to bed, get up in the morning. And by faith, I have to go to bed. By faith, I've got to say, I'm putting that down, I'm putting that down. No more emails, no more this, no more TV, no more reading, nothing. I'm going to bed. I'm getting up in the morning. I'm in a rhythm. One of the three of the biggest things you need, one is daily sleep, secondly is daily prayer, thirdly is a day off a week where you spend time with God. Those are essential by God's design to be in rhythm. And you mess up with that, it'll mess up your life. So I don't know if I want to do that. You set the pace. You can run any way you want to. I'll just figure out if God designed it probably the best thing to do is go back to the owner's manual and just operate the way God designed me to operate. Trust him on it. I know it's tempting just to go 24-7. Our job as pastors never ends. We never get all the work done. Sometimes it's just pure choice to say, okay, I'm not going to work tonight. I'm going to rest. Because there's work and you could just go. And I like to work. But work 24-7 isn't good for you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If there was anybody who could have procrastinated, it was Jesus. He could have said, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to do this. Remember in the garden, he said, oh Lord, if there's another way, but thy will be done. That was as close as he came to procrastinate. But he didn't. He said, No. Why did he go to the cross? Why did he endure that? Because he saw the joy that was ahead of him. Those things that we've been procrastinating on, what, one of the things that motivates us to step out and do it is because the results that it's going to bring in our life. Take exercise. Not a lot of fun to go exercise at first, but you know your energy's up. You know you feel better when you're exercising. So that's what we focus on. Jesus focused on the joy set before him. What was his joy? You and I, our lives changed. That was part of the joy that was set before him. Pain. Causes us to procrastinate. What else does? Rebellion. Jonah procrastinated out of rebellion. The husband can procrastinate out of rebellion. He's upset at his wife. He says, there's no way I'm cleaning up the garage. And after what she said to me, I'm just going to procrastinate on that. So rebellion could do it. Sometimes we procrastinate because we think we work better under pressure. Have you heard that one? Oh, I'm just, I'll put it off to the deadline because I work better under pressure. No, you don't you know that's not true you know what your problem is your problem is you can't get motivated until you're up against the deadline but if you could get motivated in a rhythm you wouldn't live under the pressure of that deadline because the pressure gives you the headache the pressure gives you the stress the pressure, co- the pressure causes your blood rate to go up the pressure makes you sick and gives you the anxiety but if you were in a rhythm and didn't wait till the deadline I don't know we all struggle with that if you're a student you struggle with it because of exams if you're a business person you've got a contract we, we work at that but procrastination, again, steals the rhythm in our life. So we have to we have to work through that. Fear causes us to procrastinate. Fear of failure. Fear of the unknown. Fear of change. Fear of rejection. And surprisingly enough, fear of success. I procrastinate on that because if I succeed, I'm also going to get the responsibility of that. Or I may have to live to a higher standard. And uh, so we sometimes even subconsciously sabotage something because of fear of success. And then sometimes we procrastinate just because of the cost, the time, the money, the energy. So procrastination is certainly one of the things that hinders us from pacing ourselves and running in rhythm. This morning, the question for you is, and for me, what are we procrastinating? What today in our life needs to start happening so we can get in a rhythm physically, physically, spiritually, emotionally, socially. What are you procrastinating on? As I'm speaking, Holy Spirit's doing His job, and He's he's tweaking your heart. He's touching your heart. You need to be doing this. You've been procrastinating it. Take a step of faith and just start to engage and do it. Number three, pace yourself with the rhythms found in the cycles of time. Ask yourself, what is the best cycle for the task? Different tasks happen in different cycles of time. The chrono cycles of time. The week, day, month, year, so forth. There's different cycles of time. And not everybody has the same uh, intensity for a certain task. For example, if I said the task of laundry. How many say I got to do that daily? Let me just see. How many say daily I got to do my laundry? Okay, there's like three of you that do it. Oh, four. Okay, I see four. Okay, how about, I do laundry weekly. Weekly I do my laundry. Okay. Okay, how many say, well, I do my laundry once a quarter, once a season I do my laundry. Okay, we've got one honest guy in the back. These are always single guys that raise their hands on this. I asked last service, I said, how many do your house cleaning? Weekly, daily, and so forth. And we had a couple single guys. So I said, annually, annual, once a year, clean my house whether it needs it or not. And so... A couple of amens at this service on that one. <laughs> but you see, it's different. You, but you have to figure out what works for you. What's your pace? But it, let's take house cleaning, for example. If you, if you slot it and say, okay, house cleaning, I do every Saturday, clean my house. And you know that's when you do it. I'm not worried about a Monday. I'm not worried about Tuesday. I'm not worried about Wednesday, Thursday. Because why? Because I will do that on Saturday. But if you take all the stuff of life and you load yourself all that stuff every day, You'll collapse under that pressure. But if you know you have a rhythm, okay, I do spring cleaning in spring. Once a year, I clean the garage. I know it's messy today, but I'm going to be doing it in September. So that's when I do it. I'm on a rhythm. And you can live with yourself then. Takes the guilt out of your life. If you get rid of the guilt and some of that heaviness, you can live in the peace. Let me just give you a couple others. We'll do some surveys here this morning. How many movie night? How many would have a movie night every day? Okay, we've got a couple of honest people. <laughs> we had a few more in the early service. How many have a movie night once a week? Okay, very good. How many have a movie night once a month? Okay, how many have a movie night once a year? Okay, that's about it. So, you see, it's but it's different for you than the next person, but you have to figure out what's my pace. You have to run your race. You have to get your pace. Uh, let's take a different one. Let's take... Um, manicure <laughs> how many have a manicure once a day nobody okay how many have a manicure once a week okay there's a few how many have a manicure once a month a few more how many have a manicure once a year how many never have a manicure <laughs> okay again you pace yourself in life how many, how many think you should read our Bible, Bibles every day okay That's probably a good answer. (laughs) I won't ask the rest, okay? But here's the thing. If you put longer rhythms into shorter cycles, you'll get stressed. So you have to figure, okay, what are the rhythms in my life? Visit my parents. For sometimes, let's say you're, maybe you're, when my, my dad passed away, and there was a time that I needed to call my mom every week. There was a rhythm that I, every week, or even for a while, every day, I had to call her, wanted to call her, should have called her. But as she came through the grieving process, there was a new rhythm. Now, it's once a month, we want to get together with her. So there's a rhythm to it. What's the rhythm for you and your parents? How often do you call your mom? How often do you call your dad? Not just on Father's Day, I hope, but it is coming up, or not just on Mother's Day. It should be more than annually, but we have these rhythms in life. If you don't take time to step back and say, what are my rhythms? I'm just going to wing it. You're going to bring a whole bunch of more stress and anxiety into your life. But if you think, no, no, these are the rhythms I'm going to go through in life, you'll find the peace that comes with it. How do you develop a rhythm plan? Here's just a real simple example. Marriage is one we could use. Annually, we take a vacation together. What would make a healthy marriage? What kind of rhythms would you see in a healthy marriage? Well, once a year, we go on a vacation. The two of us get together. We're away, no kids. We hang out together, and we just do life. Quarterly, we spend a night away from the city. Monthly, we sit down and review our goals and plans as a couple. Every week, we have a date. And then every day, we spend 30 minutes connecting and praying and reviewing the day. You know, if a couple was in that rhythm, how many would think that they would probably have a Good chance of a healthy marriage. Yeah. now you could do the same thing on your spiritual life. You could say, OK, annually, I'm going to go to a conference. Once a year, I'm going to a conference. We just had uh, a conference for young adults and teens, and what was it called, again, the um, history, maker. history maker. History maker was out in, in Surrey, and they had I don't know how many Langley, I'm sorry. <sighs> <laughs> Let's get it right. I mean, if you're in Langley you want to make sure it's Langley not Surrey it was in Langley pardon me Langley we had it a... hey i lived in Surrey for a long time Surrey's a good place so's Langley anyhow get out of that one uh, or you could this weekend is a Y2 conference in Edmonton they have like 15 to 18,000 young adults teens getting together lots of different teaching sessions, amazing music. As a young adult, every year in this season, I'm going to Y2 conference or I'm going to go to a this other conference, or as an adult, here's a conference here. You pick a conference, but once a year, get away, sit under some teaching, and just say, I am going to grow in God. Maybe it's a couple, I'm going to a marriage conference once a year. Get that annual rhythm, that annual cycle. This is important stuff in having peace with God. Then we could have a quarterly time, I'm going to get away. Once a season, I'm getting away, having a day with God. I'm going to go to the mountains, or maybe I'm going to go to... Get, book a room in a hotel somewhere. You pick the place. What well, works for you? But I'm going to, once every quarter, I get away and I spend the morning with God, just me and God. Then once a month, I read an inspirational book. Maybe you pick a book like The Rhythm of Life. This is one that you could pick up at Chapters or Amazon. It's a great book on The Rhythm of Life. You could pick something like that or some other inspirational book. That would be 12 books a year. You are who you read. You know who you'll be a year from now? A lot of it will be largely related to what you read. And so I'm going to, once a month, I read a book. That's my rhythm. And then every week, I'm in church. I do a small group every day. Fifty minutes in prayer and Bible reading. I don't make it so hard that I can't do it. I just make it so there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm in my spiritual life. We've counseled a lot of people over the years. we prayed for a lot of people. Hear me out on this. The healthy people have a rhythm. There's just these rhythms in their life. One of the things that helps you keep a rhythm is rituals. Develop rituals because that helps you keep the pace. Rituals will build memories. They'll establish identity, even cultural identity, loyalty to your family, to your country, to your church. It pulls people together, promotes unity. Rituals bring stability in times of transition and stress. Kids love rituals. They love patterns. If you go to bed at a certain time, you're up at a certain time, they love that. They, we we had a, a ritual in our home. We still do it. Uh, I'm surprised. We still do it. Where Cheryl, when the kids were younger, she'd buy every child on their birthday the favorite cereal. And none of the cereals are healthy. they got well they got they 're fortified with fifty six vitamins and iron, but other than that i don 't think they 're healthy they got we got fruit loops we 've got sugar pops we 've got uh, captain crunch we 've got uh, uh, what's what 's chelsea's cinnamon crunch those are the, those are those healthy cereals that we have on birthday but the, the children knew that on my birthday, I get a box of cereal now. Here's the drill in the house. Don't you dare touch that box of cereal because that belongs to that child. So that was kind of the way it went. But it was a ritual, and it built a memory. didn't cost a lot. My mom, growing up, she made pie on our birthday, and she'd make our favorite pie, and we got two pieces of pie that day. And so I look forward to my birthday just because I got my favorite pie and two pieces of pie. That was a ritual. How hard is that? But for... A child, it gave me rhythm in my life. I knew, okay, every year this is going to take place. Uh, for ex- uh, Another ritual we had was every summer for a season, we would go to Merrill Lake on holidays. And we looked forward to it. We have great memories of it. But it happened on a regular basis. You can bring rituals into your life. I have a ritual every morning. And uh, it has a lot to do with special meaning. And that is I have a cup of coffee. It has a special meaning. It has a special purpose. It, uh, it's my reward. It's my reward for getting up in the morning. <laughs> okay. I got up. I get to have a cup of coffee. And uh, that's kind of when I have my coffee. Okay. You know what? I, I push through and I, it's now about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I need that second cup of coffee. And so my reward is, but it's, it's a ritual. It's one of my daily rituals. I don't know when you have your cup of coffee or if you do, but you have rituals in your life. And it gives you rhythm. It sounds silly, but it gives you rhythm. Uh, we could talk a lot about rituals, but here's why we need them. One, they give special meaning to things. Two, they have to be repeated because that brings anticipation and memories. You know what makes for a great family, for a great life? Great memories. That's why we showed that little clip from uh, Celebration, uh, Worship Central. Just memories. We, we have Rituals. I look forward to summer with regeneration because we've done it so many years now. We, we look forward to We have memories of that. Uh, our Christmas banquet that the church does. Every year we do that Christmas banquet. There's memories. There's anticipation. And uh, we're going we're gonna to start something new this year. I can't tell you yet. We'll tell you next month. But you're going to love it. <laughs> it's called anticipation, you know. <laughs> Come back next week for more. But there's some great things planned for Christmas this year. We look forward to it. Rituals. Help us in rhythm. So you have to figure out in getting pace, in getting rhythm, what rituals are in my life? What rituals do I need to add to my life? We can procrastinate on them. Don't put the effort into the rituals. Family gatherings, that takes some coordination. Uh, my, old, my younger sister Wanda is great at coordinating our family gatherings. But it takes that. But because of that, we have rituals. It pulls us together. When you have a a death in the family or you have a crisis in the family, these rituals keep your pace. They keep your rhythm. I know it's not a deep message this morning, but the fact is God desires for us to have a peace that passes all understanding. We are created to live in rhythm. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, God says thereafter, he says, everything is he talks about a time to sow and a time to reap that whole... We read that a couple of times already this month. But at, after that, he said, everything is beautiful in its time. And then it says, and God has put eternity in our heart. You know, there's a rhythm in our heart for eternity. This life is not the end of it. There's a rhythm. We know there's more. And one of the best things we can do is to prepare for eternity. Be in rhythm today for tomorrow. Do not procrastinate on this and that is accepting what God's done for you into your heart. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop. Then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.